0: Now, last week when we were away, the Lord woke me at probably something like four o'clock in the morning and began speaking a word and finished speaking a word. It finished about seven o'clock and I didn't write it down. I felt the Lord say, well, you're just going to have to rehearse this. And he took me over and over and over this in my mind so that I could remember it. I've made a few notes, but I probably don't need them. It's just a couple of things God said to me this morning. Now, I wasn't due to speak today, but various circumstances have changed, and here I am. So God is ahead of the clock and ahead of the timetable. Thank God for that. He's like that in your life too. Now, I want to continue part two of a message I spoke when I last stood here a few weeks ago. And in a moment, I'm going to remind you what that message was. It was about spiritual warfare. But let me remind you what happened when that topic was announced. The atmosphere changes and the enemy tries to stop us being around to hear such a word. And right now, he's starting to work on us. Somebody said to me last time, when you said about distraction, I was very distracted. At the point you said last time, don't get distracted, I was getting very distracted. That's what happens. So... We're going to have to do something the Bible calls here, in the old version, to gird up the loins of your mind. Bit of a mixed phrase, that one. But that's what it means. It means we're going to have to focus our attention, because God has got good things for us to hear, and he's got good things to do to us in our life today. But the enemy will want to rob us of those things, with all kinds of distracting feelings and thoughts and so on. And let me say to you, it is as real as this. This morning, in the next few minutes, heaven and earth, which is your experience, and the other part of the spiritual world that Satan occupies are all going to touch right inside of you. They're all going to combine. But praise God, by his power, heaven can and will win through. And your life can be powerfully touched this morning and a miracle and an amazing release can take place. That's what I'm believing for today, because that's what God was speaking to me about. It's not an accident, you're here. You are here because God has brought you here today. And there is something for you to hear that will materially affect the condition and quality of your life right now. Let me, we'll pray in a moment. Let me just um, recap what I spoke about last time. I spoke about the book of Job, and spiritual warfare. And I said that most of the book of Job is Job and his friends talking. They don't see the beginning of the book, which gives them insight into the spiritual realms until it's all over. And when God speaks at the end, you'll notice he speaks far less, but achieves far more. Isn't that just like God? And he achieves more, and I believe at the end of all of that, he opened Job's eyes to see what was going on in the spiritual realms. And we said, after a statement of Jesus in Matthew 13, an enemy has done this. Do you remember? We spoke about the parable of the weeds and the the wheat. The weeds look like wheat. They're very similar. It's a false wheat. And the enemy sowed false wheat or darnel in the fields of the person Jesus was illustrating in the story, and he said, an enemy has done this. And if there's ever a phrase to, to latch onto for that message, it's that one, an enemy has done this. And that's what happened in Job's life. An enemy did that to him. But when you look at what happened, it just looked like bad luck, if we can believe in such a thing, which I don't. But it just looked like the normal things of life had happened, an earthquake here, a rainstorm there, Bad weather over there, high winds there. He almost lived in Newcastle, didn't he? But seriously, these are just the things that happened. And all his friends could have said, well, that happened to anybody. But behind those things was an orchestrated campaign of the enemy to rob him in his life. And he never saw it like that at the time. And they tried to see it in some other way. You must be at fault. I want to say to you this morning, you are not at fault. Let me say that again. You are not at fault. Do you know why I can say that? Because if you are in Jesus Christ this morning, if you have asked him into your life, he has taken away all your fault, Every fault that you may be able to find with your life, and we can all find them, because there are plenty of mistakes and errors and things in our lives that are wrong, all that fault was put on Jesus at the cross. So this is not about fault finding today. The enemy can find no fault with you, and therefore this is not an attack that's to do with fault. That was all taken on the cross for you. This is an attack by the enemy to rob you of your inheritance in Christ and to stop God using you for his powerful purposes in the world today, which he has got for each one of you here. Please point your neighbor and say, God has a purpose for me and you. Okay, thank you. Now we saw last time that they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Will you say these two words with me? They overcame. overcame. Now let's say them again. Let's close our eyes in prayer and say those words again. They overcame. overcame. By the blood of the Lamb. And the word of their testimony. Now we're going to do that again with our eyes closed to prayer. But we're going to put our first name in there instead of the word "they." So I'm going to say Clive overcame." And you're going to say John or, or Adam or something like that. Okay? Here we go. One, two, three. Clive overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of His testimony. Amen. Who would like to overcome today? So anybody wants to overcome in this world, OK? Well, stay tuned for the next few minutes and find out how. Please turn with me, if you would, to Genesis chapter three. I'm going to read you a dozen verses uh, from Genesis chapter three. You might be able to get it on the screen, or might not. I'm not sure. We have it on the screen. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild beasts or the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman. Did God really say you must not eat from the tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but did God say you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die? You will not surely die, the serpent says to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Amen. Now, do you remember from last Time I spoke, a little definition of truth that I gave you, and it was this there are three things in this world fact or information, opinion, and truth. And we said that truth is not the same thing as opinion or even fact or information, and that truth is from God, truth is relational, truth is about who God is and who we are in relation to God. Information is an attempt at the weather. Maybe that's more opinion. I was going to say the weather forecast. It never seems to work out for me whenever I read it. But information and fact is what you get off the internet. And opinion is what you get all over the place, off the internet, the TV and your friends and so on. But truth is what you get from God. And over Christmas, God spoke to me and said, Clive, in this world there are these three things. Fact, opinion and truth and what people want and need is truth. Amen? You're in the right place today for truth. Thank God you're here. God means you to be here and to hear his truth. Now here is a stunning, chilling and thought-provoking insight into this story. The devil never touched them. He brought all of this destruction about and he never touched them. He brought all of this change in the known universe into being. He materially affected the destiny of that man and woman and all our destinies without so much as laying a finger on them. He never even brushed their hair against them. All he did would speak to them. Can you see that? It was just a voice. That's all it was. Just a voice. And through that voice, the enemy of your soul and mine, the enemy of God in eternity, spoiled and ruined this creation and brought about the need for a saviour ...and a redeemer called the Lord Jesus. This is how he did it. He... ...turns up... ...in a form... ...that belongs to this world. In this case, the serpent. Did you know, by the way, this is just a by the by ...I used to study... ...when I did my A-levels, I did them at college... And I chose a subject there called zoology, not zoology. I know people want to pronounce it like that, but it would need three O's. Zoology is the study of animals' living things. And as part of that, we had to do dissections, which I thought was great. I fancied myself as some kind of quasi-surgeon. A sort of I'm going to operate mentality came over me. And we used to dissect things. Do you know what happens if you dissect a snake? It has a pelvic and a pectoral girdle. It has got shoulder blades and hips, still, from where the legs should have been. Did you know that? See, either Moses, who wrote this, was a brilliant zoologist and went to the same classes as me, or else God is speaking. It's as real as that. This is as real as that. Even unbelieving evolutionists will tell you that a snake used to have legs once and walk. God was there first. And he turns up in a form and with a voice that they think is every day. Now, I don't know how it was that the human beings were able to converse with the animals. But clearly, that was not uncommon. I mean, today we've just been left with our dogs and cats, but then it was every animal going. I mean, people do talk to their dogs, don't they? Some of of you actually do really talk to your dogs, don't you? I can see... We'll pray for you (laughs) later, okay. All right. But, you know, however... And, you know, dogs can talk back, can't they? I mean, they just have a way of looking at you, and, and, you know, you know it's dinner time in the way they look at you and so on. Well, that's a leftover from the Garden of Eden, all right? And here they are not phased when the serpent says something to them. But you see it was a voice from another world. It was a voice from another place. It turned up in their place and it seemed like just an ordinary voice that should have been there. But it wasn't. And with a voice from another world and another place the enemy of mankind turned everything upside down and ruined the whole thing. Can you see how powerful a voice is today? Especially a voice that seems normal. That's how he got in. And do you notice how he did it with my little truth fact and information truth, fact, and opinion thing. He started off with what? Come on, what did he start off with? He started off with the information about the tree, the facts. Well, isn't this what this tree's all about? You're not supposed to eat it. Now, he actually slightly repeats it differently here, but I won't get guess another sermon another day. Slightly distorts the facts, but roughly he's there on the information. He starts off with something factual, and that's designed to appeal to our minds. Well, you know this is true. You know there's a tree over there. And then he offers an opinion. Ah, be all right. It it, it won't work out as badly for you. Actually, it'll work out to your benefit. And what did they lose? They lost the truth of their relationship with God. Can you see that? Can you see how that simple mechanism works? And can you see how we are living in a world today where that mechanism can still repeat itself in our lives too? Now, look at what happens when God comes along. He calls out to them, where are you? That's a great phrase. We can't do that today. That's another sermon itself. They were already lost. And then they... Tell him some information. See, they've got the facts now, haven't they? They're wiser than they were before. Well, we'd like to come out from behind the bushes, but God, this is a nudist colony and we haven't got any clothes on. Listen to what God says and hear this as the word of the Lord today. This is the title of my message. It's the content of my message It's the conclusion of my message and it's what I want you to take home with you. This is what God says. Who told you? Who told you you were naked? Who gave you this information without truth? Who twisted something you knew with a wrong opinion? where did this voice come from that wasn't my voice into your life? Can you see? It was a voice from another world. A world where things go wrong and go badly. A world of darkness. And it spoke through something they thought was harmless and it betrayed them and ruined their lives. And that's the way it happens for us today. Now let me explain to you what it's like being a pastor. I'm going to take you into my little world for a bit. So I'd like two people to come up here with two chairs and put them on the um, and put them on the stage here, please. Two guys. That's it. Doug and Paul. You'll do great. Just bring your chairs up and put them on the stage here. This is what it's like to be me or a pastor like me. Uh, Paul, you're you're going to be the guy with the problem. <laughs> Doug, you're the guy coming to see the pastor. No, no, it's the other way around. I'm sure. No, anyway you're the pastor okay this is a real life situation this actually happened to a pastor two pastors I know both of them they both sort of told me either side of this story this is what happened this is the senior pastor he looks after lots of churches he's been doing the job a lot longer this is the not quite so senior pastor and he's just got one church and that gives him enough trouble Throughout the day. Now, when you go stand over those steps there, and one day this junior pastor phones up this senior pastor, and he's in trouble. So here he is on the phone. And he's all depressed. I've got problems, big problems. Please, can you help me? So he comes. He says, "You better come over and see me straight away. You have got problems." No, he didn't look at all happy. He was actually very depressed. He came in very slowly, very miserable. Now, this senior pastor here, he is, before he was a pastor, he was a clinical psychologist. And that was his training. He, he has a degree <laughs> in psychology and insight, that the best this world can offer. And he was a practitioner. He had you know, a couch and people and all that kind of stuff, and he helped people, whatever psychologists do. And then he got saved, and then he reworked it all again from a biblical point of view. So now he's got behind him about 30 years worth of the best Bible study and the best clinical psychology that the human race can offer. If you can combine the best of psychological understanding and practice and the best of biblical sort of study and knowledge, it's all in this one guy here. You ain't going to get a better counsellor. Not bad for 22, he says. That's pretty good, okay. And this other pastor comes to him. Now look, he's got to have the goods, hasn't he? After all that experience, you know you're going to get insight. You know you're going to get help. You know this guy knows his stuff. So he comes in. And this is how he was greeted as he walked through the door. He didn't even have a chance to sit down this pastor looks up at him and he says, these were his words, he says, Hello, what lies of the devil have you been listening to this week? That's it. 30 odd years of ministry in psychology, all condensed into one short phrase, what lies of the devil have you been listening to this week? There. You don't need to go to Bible college or have a degree in psychology, you can get it all here in 10 minutes. No, those are good things to do, I'm sure. Okay, guys, thank you. You can go back. Thank you. He's happier now, by the way. Do you know what? I spoke to the pastor who said that. Who, he said, that's how he greeted me. And do you know what? He said this. He said, and he was right. Is somebody's pastor phoning him? Oh, it's 12 o'clock. Let's stand and pray the Lord's Prayer together, shall we? <laughs> Hallelujah. Whichever version you know, whichever mixed version you've got, it doesn't matter. I'm going to do a bit of thines and these and some trespasses and debts. You know what? It really doesn't matter. Let's just pray the version we know. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. God bless this nation and turn it around. Amen. Okay, please sit down. Back to the sermon. This is going to sound strange on the tape, isn't it? So, <laughs> Now here it is. All that experience distilled into one simple phrase... What lies of the devil have you been listening to this week? And listen, that's a pastor. We are all prone to this problem. This voice from another world that will do us no good. Pastors, I was going to say pastors included, pastors at the front of the queue. Who told you? Now I know today, many of us are carrying things in our lives and God would say the same question to us, who told you? Can you hear the heart and the voice behind that question? Who told you? It wasn't me. And if it wasn't me, why are you listening to it? Why are you believing it? Why are you living your life conditioned by it? it didn't come from me. See, Adam and Eve should have said there, hang on a minute, that doesn't sound like God to be questioning what he's already told me. That doesn't sound like God to change his mind halfway through the week, the sermon, the message. That sounds like information and opinion. That doesn't sound like truth. Now come on, be honest with me here. Ask yourself, please. Would God say to you, who told you? See, this is how it works in our lives. You go to the mirror in the morning and you clean the steam off and you go, ah! There is a spot on the end of my nose. And if you're female and under 93, that will worry you. And you say, oh! Fact. There is a spot on the end of my nose. Opinion. I look ugly. Voice from another world. No one will want to marry you. See? Who told you you look ugly because you've got a spot on the end of your nose? See, who tells us these things? Not God. God would say to you, you're beautiful. I've made you spot or no spot. We can heal spots. It's just a spot of trouble. But, I never made you ugly. I made you beautiful inside and outside. You're made in my image. How can you be anything other than beautiful? Because I'm beautiful. That's truth. But everything in me cries out, I feel and look ugly and everybody says I'm ugly. But I say, I made you beautiful. But I'm not beautiful according to this or that. But you are beautiful according to this. Which is where you get truth from. For the tape, I'm holding up my Bible. A proper paper one, not an iPad this week. (laughs) See, who told you? Who said, I'm no good at witnessing and winning souls? Who said, you can't have a ministry like that? Who told you those things? Who told you? Come on. Let's examine ourselves. Who said these things? I've got no job. Therefore, I'm rubbish. I think God's trying to get our attention. I've got no job. That's a fact. Therefore, I'm unemployable. That's an opinion. Therefore, I'm useless. That's a voice from another world. And then we start to believe it. Now, do you hear what I said later? The earlier? sorry. Can you bring it back to this point in the sermon? The devil never laid a finger on him. He never made him sick. He never put a demon into their lives. He never made uh, the house fall down by a great wind like Job. He never sent marauding bands across the, the border or anything like that because they weren't around then. He just said something to them based on some information that they said, oh yes, that's true. And it spoke to something in them and the result was they lost the truth and God had to say, who told you? Let's move on and see how this works. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 21 to 23, Jesus is telling the disciples after... Peter's confession of Christ. He's telling them he's going to die. He's telling them he's going to the cross. Let's read it. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. See, that is truth. That is redemption truth. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Peter, get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me, and you do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men." Now, in Luke's gospel in chapter 4, you didn't turn there, but just to earth this in the scripture, at the end of the temptations that Jesus faced, it says the devil left him for a more opportune time. He onslaughted him with these terrible temptations in the most pressurizing of circumstances for 40 days and thought, I'm getting nowhere here. So I'm going to go away and leave him. Now when it says there a more opportune time, we're not talking about an opportune time for Jesus. We're talking about an opportune time for the devil. Did you know when the enemy comes and speaks that voice into our lives, he waits for an opportune time. In Adam's case, he waited till he'd gone off to do some gardening. That's why I'm sure gardening is a bad thing, why I do so little of it. <laughs> I don't want to leave Sally in the house on her own, spiritually unprotected. That's my excuse, and when you see the length of my grass, you'll know why. No, but seriously... He waits until there is a moment where we're at our weakest, most under pressure, most vulnerable, most distracted. And then he slips that voice in, just like he did in the Garden of Eden. And he does it here to Jesus. Peter is his best mate. And he's just said something really good to Jesus. You are the son of the living God. He's had a revelation. So this guy is in the groove. He's in the flow of the spirit. And at that moment, Satan gets in there with a bit of logic, a bit of information. You can't let Jesus do that. The Messiah is not meant to die. The Messiah, in all your theology, notice which side of this theology is on, in all your... Theo- not this, this good and bad theology, okay. This, this kind of theology. You know, in all your theology, the, the Messiah leads a great army and throws the Romans out and Israel becomes the top nation and we all get good vineyards all over again. It's going to be great. You can't go to the cross, Jesus. That is a voice from another world. But notice our Lord Jesus, no matter how busy he is no matter how distracted he is and he must have been distracted say guys I'm going to die soon well that's going to stir you isn't it I'm going to be killed in the most awful and horrible way and while his focus is on that the other world voice comes in nah you don't have to do that through a subtle easy means listen all of us have heard the enemy do that to us all of us have heard that voice from another world but we may not have recognised it. Now Jesus, Son of God, he's got his radar going. Ding, 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 danger! He knows an otherworld voice when he hears one. I wonder how Peter felt at the end of all that. I was only trying to help you. You call me Satan. <laughs> listen, however bad you think your cell leader is, he's not going to call you Satan, okay? (laughs) However mean you think your pastor is, we're not going to call you the devil, all right? Peter stuck with it. The lesson in that, if you get a little bit of a, a rebuke for another world voice, don't leave your cell and go off in a huff somewhere. Be glad that you were helped at that moment not to fall into this trap. Who told you you're not going to go to the cross? The enemy of our souls, the enemy of Jesus' soul. Now let's turn to one final scripture. John 8, 44. Again, you'll, many of you will probably know this scripture. And then we're going to do some ministry. Actually, you're going to do the ministry to each other so. John eight forty four says this. You, Jesus is talking to the Jewish people here, or a crowd of Jewish leaders who are arguing with him and calling him all kinds of things and insulting him and refusing to believe his teaching. He says this, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, listen to this, for there is no truth in him. Can you see that? Plenty of information and opinion, but no truth. There is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. It's his own nature, as other versions put it. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Now Jesus has here, let's have that back. Jesus here has highlighted one of the major problems of the human race. Which is this. He tells us the truth and we don't believe him. The devil tells us a pack of lies and we believe it. You'll be happier if you smoke that stuff. It doesn't matter if you have your sex life removed from God's government and it's different to the Bible, you'll still get to heaven anyway. You can be like everybody else in society and have the same attitude towards money and things. It'll be all right. You can still believe in God at weekends. It lies. Now, the last time I spoke about this was quite a number of years ago. And if you remember that time, I shared with you an insight I got from another pastor that the Greek language here does not actually say lies, it says pies. You see, what the scripture really says is the devil is the father of pies. I'm serious. Next time you go past Greg's, watch out for the pies. Because the devil is the father of pies. Now some of you are looking at me as if I've just gone totally crazy and about to preach the worst heresy that's ever been announced here or anywhere else. Stay tuned, do not leave or fall asleep now. This is where it all makes sense or not. I hope the tape doesn't fail here. (laughs) The devil is the father of pies. And what happens is, he gives out these free pies on the street, and when you eat them, you get full of pies. Now, if you could see yourself, not as you appear in front of us here, but in a different wavelength or visual spectrum, you would look very different to the way you do now. You know soldiers have these night vision goggles, don't they? They can see at night with these infrared images and you see this blurry kind of body with various colours sort of moving around. It's a greeny tinge on some of them, isn't it? These helicopter pilots fly by them. Well, if you could have a spiritual pair of goggles like that and look at yourself in the spiritual world and all the people around you, this is what they would look like. Everybody around you would look at least 25 stone. Because of all the pies we've eaten. You see, the devil is the father of those pies. And every time he dishes up a lie, he says, here you go, have a nice free pie from Greg's. It's full of the most wonderful lies, misinformation, opinion, and grot and horrible stuff. Why don't you eat it? Because it tastes lovely. Cheap, easy food. So we eat it. I'm not beautiful. That pimple has ruined me. And in the spirit we grow fat on the pies of the lies of the devil. Now, this pastor was explaining to us that when this happened, he was at a football match one day, and there was a guy in the crowd. He was behaving really badly. He was bullying people, throwing his weight around, and he was a big guy. And so uh, the crowd turned on him and they sang a little song Who ate all the pies? And when it came to the final line, they said, you ate all the pies. And they pointed at him. It was their way of getting back to him. It wasn't very nice. wouldn't have chosen it that way myself. But do you know what? Spiritually speaking, that's how we all are. The song goes like this. Who ate all the pies? Who ate all the pies? Who ate, who ate, who ate, who ate, who ate all the pies? You see, the devil is the father of pies. And every lie is like a pie in the spirit. So, I'd like you to stand up, please, and sing this brand new chorus with me. <laughs> it's a very complicated tune. Here's how it goes. You ready? Join me. Who ate all the pies? Who at all? T- Some of you look at me like you can't believe you're doing this in church. Well done. The rest keep singing. Right, now then. Second verse goes like this. You ate all the pies. You ate all the pies. You ate, you ate, you ate, you ate, you ate all the pies. You see like that, pastor? We should have gone pastor, shouldn't we? All of us, yeah. Which one of the devil's lies have you been believing this week? And listen, if it disagrees with God's word, it's a lie. If it disagrees with you, and what God says of you and says about you and how God is towards you, it is a pie, a big, gristly, horrible, fat, full of unnice things that will put spiritual weight on you. Pie! So that's why the third verse we sing is this. Come out all you pies. Come out all you pies. Come out, come out, come out, come out, come out all you pies. Because that is the instant spiritual weight loss program. We're going to have a pie-free morning. We've got to get rid of the pies. Amen? (sighs) Okay. Isn't it amazing the Bible calls God the Father of lights? He brings truth and light into our lives. Reality. How it really is. And listen, I need to say to you this morning, most of what you think really is, is not. And there's so much more for us to discover in the light. About who we really are, about how good God really is, about how marvelous His promises were. Weren't you impressed with that message to the offering this morning? I was. I thought Andrew spoke brilliantly about that. He put that truth, that Word of God, on His desktop saver. Within a few months, it's become reality. This kind of truth we're talking about is faith truth, is spiritual truth. It comes from heaven to earth. It can't be seen at first. It's seen in reality later. This truth and reality, you could interchange the words. But that pack of pies comes from another world and only ever ruins our lives. So, let's have some ministry this morning, Let's sing together, shall we, and worship the Lord. This brand new spiritual awakening. Are we ready? I'm the worship leader now. <laughs> this is why you don't have me every week as worship leader, because this is the kind of song you sing me. Are we ready? Who ate all the pies? Ready? Who ate all the pies? Who ate all the pies? Who ate? Who ate? Who ate? Who ate all the? P- now it's your neighbour. You ate all the pies. You ate all the pies. You ate, you ate, you ate, you ate, you ate all. And now to yourself. I ate all the pies. I ate all the pies. I ate, I ate, I ate, I ate, I ate all the pies. Now, do you want to get rid of those pies? Well, then let's sing to them and mean it as our conclusion. Come out, all you pies. Come out, all you pies. Come out, come out, come out, come out. Come out, all you. And one more time. Come out, all you pies. Come out, all you pies. Come out, come out, come out, come out, come out, all you pies. Now listen. Here's the rest of it. Let's give God a big clap off him while we're there, okay? Now you can stay standing a moment because you'll probably be more awake there, but here's what I felt God say to me this morning. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. I felt the Lord say this to me this morning. The blood of the lamb was not enough. But I thought the blood of the lamb is all sufficient. Well, it is. But on its own, it will do nothing. It's only when it combines with the word of our testimony. This is what I felt God say to me. You've got got to put something on your lips to counteract the lie let me just give you one tip here. If you want to be one jump ahead of the devil, always, one jump ahead of misery in your life, always, one jump ahead of defeat in your life, then be thankful. The thankful person is always one jump ahead of the devil. Because it's truth. Lord, I thank you you made me. I thank you today. Whatever the weather is outside, I'm alive. You're alive. You're alive in me. You're going to do great things in this nation, and I can be part of it. Hallelujah. God is good. Now bring it on. And I'm not talking about a day when it goes well. I'm talking about a day when the car won't start and, and the milk boils over and you've just been made redundant. That's when you can be thankful. Well, thank you, God. I had a job up to this point anyway. At least this kept me alive. At least, God, I'm alive. I'm breathing. I've got enough food to keep me going through the day. Thank you, Lord. It's that kind of thankfulness that will counteract the pies. I felt God say this to me. You've got to use your voice to speak out loud and declare the truth. See, the truth has got to be in us, but until we put those God-ordained, Bible-described, Spirit-inspired truths on our lips and speak it out, nothing happens. That's why if you want to become a Christian, you have to say, Jesus, forgive me, I believe in you. The Bible says, with the heart man believes, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. So important. Let me read those two statements again, then we'll sing the the pies, and then we'll... We'll we'll finish there, right. You've got to put something on your lips to counteract the lie. Now let me just say, when somebody speaks a lie over your life, don't just let it pass and be British. Oh, well, you know, you have your opinion. Don't do that. Speak back to it and say, well, thank you for your opinion. I couldn't agree less. You've got to, well, thank you for that, but actually, God doesn't say that about me. God says this, and I'm going to believe that. I've said that to doctors. And God has confirmed the word with the sign that followed. I've said that in all kinds of circumstances. And I've said it most of all to the voice that you never hear, but that I hear every day in my head that feeds me. If it could, and unfortunately it does sometimes, with pies. Big, fat, horrible, greasy ones. yeah Make you sick. Yeah. You've got to put something on your lips to counteract the lie. You've got to use your voice to speak out loud and declare the truth. Right. Well, let's sing to those pies a couple of times and tell them to come out, shall we? Are you ready? Come out, all you pies come out all you pies, come out, come out, come out, come out, come out. Now to everybody else, come out all you pies, come out all you pies, come out, come out, come out, come out, come out all you pies. And to each other, come out all you pies. And to yourself, up all you pies, Come out, come out, come out, come out, come out all you pies. Amen. Now my conclusion is this, don't go shopping or buy shares in Greggs, <laughs> amen, now seriously which one of the devil's lies you're going to believe this week, Nine. can I have that again, Nine. one more time, Nine. God bless you, you can go home, hallelujah, thank you.